with your soul? Is it well with your soul? And we're going to be looking at a lot of scripture tonight. You see, I think that not only faith arises in our hearts when we hear the word, but something else arises in our hearts. Comfort. We take comfort from the scriptures. And as that faith takes root and that comfort, it does something for your soul. It heals your soul. And so I'm going to ask you to turn with me tonight to 3 John chapter 1. And we're going to start with verse 2. I'm sure this is a familiar passage of scripture. But I want you, as you uh, are here tonight and you're looking at these scriptures, to look at them like you've looked at them for the very first time. Let God speak to you through them. And it says this, Beloved, I wish, or other translations say, I pray above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospereth. Did you notice even as? When your soul is prospering, it's connected to your health. It's connected to your well-being and prospering in any other way. As a matter of fact, the word prosper literally means to succeed in reaching. It is an ongoing, progressing state of success and well-being. It is intended for every area of our lives, physically, emotionally, relationally, and materially. That word health there, that word health means wholeness. God wants us to be whole in our spirit, in our soul, and in our bodies. We are a triune being. We have, uh, we are a spirit. We have a soul which is made up of our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we live on this earth in a physical body. And God wants wholeness for every aspect of our being. So now I want you to turn with me to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61. And we're going to take a journey here through the scriptures tonight about this very present precious subject of is it well with your soul in Isaiah 61 verse 1 it says the spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek he has sent me to bind up the what the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to the captives And the opening of prison to them that are what? Bound. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. And to do what? To comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion. To give them what? Beauty for ashes. Have you ever felt like you're in a place where 
Your life feels it's a pile of ashes. But God wants to give you a divine exchange. He wants to give you beauty for ashes. It goes on to say the oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called the trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord. That he might be glorified. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 16 through 21. And here Jesus is picking up the book. And he's reading exactly what was just prophesied back in Isaiah. And he begins to say this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he did something. He closed the book. And he gave it again to the minister and he sat down and the eyes of all of them in that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, this day is the scripture fulfilled in your ears. Now notice one of the differences between those two passages of scripture is Jesus added to set at liberty them that are bruised. Where have we heard that word bruised before? Well, we've heard it in Isaiah. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Let's read it. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions and he was what? Bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement... Needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. The chastisement needful to obtain peace for our souls was laid upon Jesus. You know, I looked up the word bruised in Strong's. And in the Greek, the word bruise means to break, to shatter, to break in pieces, to break uh, due to calamity or disaster. And the Hebrew was pretty close. It said pretty much the same thing, to break in pieces, to crush, to oppress, to break in pieces, to destroy. And that is the work of the enemy. The enemy comes to do what? He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what is the work of God? The work of God is that he came to give us life and that more abundant. A bruised heart, a wounded heart, a broken heart is very painful. If you've lived long enough, and I'm sure most of us in this room have, we have experienced that. In earth life, we experience deep disappointment at times. Grief. Maybe through the death of a loved one. Maybe divorce. Or loss of any kind. You know, one thing about heaven 
is that in heaven there is no sense of disappointment. Say law. (laughs) Hallelujah. We can be disappointed about many things. But you know, there is a time to grieve. Ecclesiastics says so. It says, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Go down to verse 4. It says, a time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Mourning. Mourning is a stage. And within that time of mourning, there are several responses to grief or stages of grief that people may experience. Sometimes when it's a sudden calamity that comes upon or a sudden loss, you can experience shock and denial, pain, guilt, anger, bargaining, depression, loneliness. Those are all stages that can accompany mourning and grief. But then the last stages where you begin to have some reflection, restoration, acceptance, and hope begins to resurface in your heart. God helps us with that. Healing begins to spring forth. You know, if you're severely burned, if you severely burn your arm, have you ever done that? Done it with an iron before. And you know, especially on this side of your, your arm, It's very tender. And if you burn it, and you burn it deep enough, you know, it begins like at the very touch of it. The touch, it hurts. It's painful. And when we experience loss of any kind, it can be very painful to our hearts. Sometimes just the thought or just, you know, the remembrance can bring pain. It's a touch. But here's what I know. That just like the layers of your skin begins to heal one layer at a time. The Holy Spirit too works in your heart, in your soul, when you have a soul wound. And he begins to heal your heart from the inside out. Light begins to arise. Remember that scripture? That unto the righteous shall light arise. In darkness, when you're in a dark place, it's hard to see. But like the sun rises in the east, it comes up gradually and overtakes the darkness. And so too is it with the process of healing in our souls many times. Light will arise in a dark place and overtake it. It'll overtake it. So don't you lose heart. If you're going through something tonight, I'll tell you what light will arise in that dark place. You just take courage. Amen. You just take courage. Now I want to look at Psalms 84. Psalms 84. And we're going to start with verse two. 
I told you we're going to have a lot of scripture tonight. Amen. We're having ourselves a Bible study. We're looking at what the word of God says about this subject. Is it well with your soul? Verse 2 says, My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Verse 4. Blessed are they that dwell in the house. They will be still praising thee. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. In whose heart are the ways of them who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also floodeth the pools. And the word pools there is the word blessing. Blessing. They go from what? Strength to strength. Now what is the valley of Baca? Many of you may be have maybe heard me speak about this before, but what is the Valley of Baca? It is the Valley of Weeping. It is the Valley of Misery and Despair and Despondency and Hopelessness. But what does the Word of God say about that valley? It says we may experience that valley here in this earth, but it says you don't have to live there. It says blessed is the man that passes through the valley of Baca. Because why? He's going to make it a spring. Amen? Amen. He's going to come out of there. And I'll tell you what, the trying of his faith is going to be more precious than gold. And he's going to come out of there with some virtue to give. Some comfort to give another person. You know, with the comfort that you've been comforted with, you can give it to someone else. Glory to God. A spring comes up and it affects other people. You're going to pass through. You're not going to camp there. You're not going to live there. You're going to pass through. And verse 11 helps us. It says, uh, for the Lord is a sun and shield and he will give glory and grace and no good thing will he withhold to those who walk uprightly. Oh, bless the Lord. Blessed is the man who trust in you. Trust in God and you will be blessed. And that gives our heart hope when we're in the valley of Baca. In the valley of decision, in the wilderness, in a dry place, in a desert place. Amen? Amen. In a place when you just don't know what the next step is. Whoo, glory to God. He says, no, good thing will he withhold. Good things are coming your way. When you walk uprightly with God, a faithful man shall abound with the blessings of God, I tell you. That's what the scriptures tell us. That's what God tells us. Now, here's the good news. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He brings hope back into our lives. He will restore and so much more. He restores, you know, like in the old covenant, when something was taken, say a goat was taken, 
You just didn't get a goat back. You got five goats back. That's how God restores. He'll restore to you. Amen. That which the locust has eaten. He'll restore to you. That which the canker worm has eaten. Those years that he's taken, he will restore and so much more. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Their thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil. Their plans to give you a hope in your final outcome. Then he says, you will call on me. And you will come and pray to me and I will hear you and heed you. God will heed you. When you call on him, his ear is not deaf. It is open. He will heed your cry. He will heed your call. Then will you seek me, inquire for, and require me as a vital necessity. And find me when you search with me, for me with all your heart. He says, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will release your captivity. Hmm. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. When we are fearful or brokenhearted or crushed or broken in pieces or oppressed or shattered or in despair, what do we need? What do we need? We need Jesus. We need the word and we need comfort and we need peace. Comfort and peace will heal you. It will Heal your broken heart. He'll give you new expectations. Something to hope in. Something to believe for. He'll restore. And so much more. Jesus said in John 16:33 in the amplified version I have told you these things so that in me you might have perfect peace and confidence He wants you to be confident that you can have peace In this world he says you will have tribulations and trials distress and frustration but he says don't lose heart be of good cheer he says take courage how do we take courage we take it by taking the word taking the words of life feeding on jesus isn't that what keith uh ministered to us on feasting on jesus Take courage, be confident, be certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world and I have deprived it of harm, power to harm you and have conquered it for you. 
In him, we have peace. It is the peace that surpasses understanding of what you know in your own mind about your situation. In John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, a counselor, a helper, an intercessor, an advocate, a strengthener, a standby, that he may remain with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive or welcome or take into their heart because they do not know him or recognize him. But you know him and recognize him because he lives in you and he'll constantly be with you. Amen. He says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will not leave you comfortless. I will not leave you desolate. I will not leave you bereaved. I will not leave you forlorn or helpless. I will not in any way, he says, fail you or leave you without support. Amen. Amen. You know, Pastor Mark was ministering a few weeks back, maybe a month or so ago. And he made this statement. He said, he gave us a comforter because he knew that we would need one. And I'll tell you, that just went off in me. And I just took hold of that. And I didn't know that in the next day or so, I was going to really need to know the comforter. He gave us a comforter because he knew that we would need one. Ha right. <laughs> ha. That's how we can say it is well with my soul. Because... He is our comforter. He is our helper, our paraclete. One called alongside one to help them. He's going to help us when our soul is down and cast, cast out, cast down. He comes alongside to help us. Jesus said he came to give us life. It's the kind of life to the fool till it overflows. He wants us to experience comfort here in this earth. Peace, rest, joy, strength. Because he's the God of all comfort. And he comforts us in our tribulation. See, I'm here tonight to encourage you. If you're experiencing a broken heart or deep disappointment of any kind, God wants to heal you. It is will. His will is that you be whole in your soul. So we've established many things so far that God is the God of mercies and the God of hope. And it's his will, as we see in the scriptures, that we be whole. We've established that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And the chastisement of our peace was upon him. We've established that the Holy Spirit is here to help us and comfort us. He is not just with us, but he's in us. You know, sometimes when you experience things that affect your soul or soul injury, when you look to God, he will provide you like with this blanket of comfort. Have you experienced that? I know in the loss of my uh, parents or loved ones that we love so dearly, there's just this blanket of comfort and peace that he'll just lay on you. 
and it's wonderful. But, you know, there's also a comfort that comes from within. Keith talked about it. It comes from within, breaking through from within, a peace that comes up from within that ministers to you. We can live from the inside out. And you see, all of this that we've been talking about is God's part. Let's talk for just a few minutes about what our part is. Amen? What our part is. Now, God says he has sent us the comforter. He's a gift. But you have to do what with the gift? You have to receive it. So if I took this um, bill over here to Pastor Tom and I said, Pastor Tom, I want you to have this. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday. <laughs> His birthday is Saturday. Uh-oh. Okay? Uh-oh. This isn't your gift, but this is a, just a blessing. Exactly. It's a blessing. An example. I want you to take... No, it's a blessing. I want you to be blessed with it. Oh. Okay? okay? Praise God. Okay. What did he just do? He just received, just received it. it. But I could stand here all day and I could say, Oh, I want you to have this. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I have a gift for you. I have a gift. And he could stand there and say, Oh, blah, 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 blah. I just don't think I can take it or... Whatever I could, yeah, exactly. (laughs) But you know what? He has to do something. He has to receive it. Go ahead. Receive it. it. Be blessed. Amen. Praise God. (laughs) Hallelujah. And so we have to receive from the Holy Spirit, the comfort of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives peace. You know, it's not through medicating yourself in any form. Okay. But he says, I give to you, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. At that same time that I needed comfort, this scripture came so strong in my heart as I lay upon my bed. Just crying out to the Lord. And the Lord comforted me with the scripture that said, let not... Your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm -hmm. I said, oh Lord, I received that. And you know what happened? Fear left me. And you see, I want to say this to you. Fear is the root of despair, despondency, oppression, depression, or loss of hope. Fear is the root. Because what do we say? What is going to happen to me? How is this going to work out? What am I going to do now? Amen? Amen. But see, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is bondage. Fear has torment. But what does perfect love do? What does God's love do for you? It casts out fear. Glory to God. So when you're rooted in his love and you receive his comfort and you have his peace, it produces joy and that joy gives you strength. And it is the strong spirit of a man that sustains him in the day of adversity. We've got to practice First Peter 5, 7. I want you to see it in the Amplified. This is something that we've got to do so that it is well with our soul. We've got to cast the whole of our care, 
all our anxieties, all our worries, all of our concerns once and for all on him. Why? Because he cares for you affectionately and cares about you. What? Read it. Watchfully. His eye is on the sparrow. And I know that he watches over me. Amen. That first word care is a noun. It's a person, place, or thing. When you take that person, place, or thing and you cast it over on God, he says he cares for you. That second word care is a verb. A verb does what? It takes action. It takes faith to cast the care of a person, place, or thing, or situation over on God. But when you take that step of faith and you cast that care, what does he do? He says that he takes action in your behalf. He takes care of the situation. I don't know how. That's not my job. My job is to do the word. His job is to make it happen. So I'll just take me a little scripture. Take me a little piece of paper. I'll write a scripture on it. Lord, this is what you said about that. And I'll just cast that over there. And I'll just leave it there. I'll do that in my home. I'll do that in my office. And then every time I'm tempted in my soul to take it back, I'll say, oh no, I don't have it. You have it. It's over there. I cast it on you. Amen. Amen. I don't have it anymore. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Be careful, the Bible says in Philippians 4. 4 verses 6 through 9. Be careful. Be anxious about nothing. Is that possible? Is it possible to be anxious about nothing? He says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, shall keep your what? Your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. There's things that are true, but if they're not lovely, if they're not a good report, don't think on them. These things which you have both learned and received and seen in me do and the peace of God shall be with you. Say with me, peace Peace. will heal my heart. heart. It's so important. It's so important. Um, In Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. In the spirit field, it talks about that will keep me in him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. Because why he trusts in thee. Peace is a connection to your healing. We've been hearing a lot about the woman with the issue of blood. And I want you to hear again what Jesus said to her. And we're going to look at it through the um, Holman Christian Standard Bible. So if you could put that up, please, if you have that. In Mark chapter 5 and verse 34, we've been hearing a lot about that over the last several services. Um, And I just want to bring something to your attention here. It says, 
daughter, Jesus said, daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be free from your affliction. Go in what? Peace. And be what? Free. Glory to God. Free from despondency. Free from oppression. Free from depression. Free from hopelessness. Be free. Do you see how peace can be connected to our even physical healing? So many physical diseases are a result of stress. Amen? And we need to take another perspective. We need to look again. We need to look at the scriptures. We can see through scriptures so many men and women of God who experience broken spirits. You know, Elijah was one. We saw how, you know, he conquered um, miraculous things. And then the next day, he's, in, he's, he's begging to die. We see in the life of David or even in the life of Hannah. I want to look at Hannah for just a moment. Let's turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, and we're going to look at uh, verse 1, and we're going to turn to chapter 7, or verse 7. Praise God. Hannah was a woman who was barren. You know, she was barren in her womb. But there are situations in life that things are barren. Maybe it's not your womb, but maybe it's something else. And, and Hannah, she, she had been in this condition for so long. And she would just cry out in pain and despair as a result of it. And it says here in verse 7, So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Well, this was a, a, another person that was provoking her, saying to her, you know, you're cursed by God because you're barren and all of this. And so she went to, she went, to, it says that she, therefore she wept and did not eat. And her husband said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? Why do you not eat? Why is your heart grieved? Am I not better than 10 sons? That wasn't really the right thing to say, was it? But <laughs> So Hannah got up and she arose. See, she had been in a place where um, her situation became normal to her. She accepted it. And I want to tell you tonight, well, if you're in a situation that does not bring peace to your soul, don't accept it. Don't, don't make it like it's normal. It's not normal. Jesus came to give us life. That's what's normal. We shouldn't live in the shadow of that thing for so long that it becomes normal to us, that we just accept it. And she has accepted the fact that she was barren. And so it says, Hannah arose and finished eating and drinking. And, and um, let's go down to verse uh, 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. And it just goes on to say, you know, all these things until the prophet of God came to her. And the prophet of God came to her and said to her, Hannah, how long uh, are you drunk? What is wrong with you? And Hannah said, no, I'm not drunk. I haven't drinking any wine. 
But Lord, I'm a woman of sorrowful spirit. I've neither drunk wine nor intoxicating drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief, I have spoken until now. And then Eli answered and said to her, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. What did she have? She had a believing moment. She had light arise in a dark place. And she began to see something through a different perspective, through God's perspective. If you want to come out of that place, you got to see through God's perspective. Amen? you got to see differently. So what did she do? She did what the lady with the issue of blood did. She heard something. She heard the word. When you hear the word, faith will arise in your heart. Amen? She heard something. She believed what she heard. And then she got up and she what? She did something. She was another one of those action heroes. She got up and she ate. And then it goes on to say that, you know, it came to pass in what? The process of time. Do not cast away your confidence, therefore, because it has great recompense of reward. That after you, after you have done the will of God, you will receive the promise. Amen? Had Hannah's heart, her burden in her heart, to bring a surprisingly larger uh, solution to... Um, I'm sorry, let me back up. I want to, I want to read this out of the word wealth. Um, trying to rush here because we are just got a little bit of time left, but God's going to help us. God uses the burden of Hannah's heart to bring a surprisingly larger solution to a burden of his own heart. Barrenness was not only Hannah's condition, but it was Israel's condition as well. It was a season of spiritual need with a long prophetic activity. And God sought a voice to speak on his behalf to his people. And Hannah could not know that her intense intercession for a child was moving in concert with God. Bringing her a son, but also bringing forth the will and blessing of God for a whole nation. And she entrusts the longing of her heart to God. You've got to entrust God with the longing of your soul. He's a big God. He's a great God. He's an awesome God. And he's the, it says he moves on her behalf. But he also advances his larger plan through her at the same time. Isn't that awesome? That is so awesome. That blesses my heart. Because we too have a better covenant. And we too can get the same results if we will do the same thing. If we will arise Cast off that garment of heaviness. Put on the garment of praise. I was looking at that garment. It's not like a sweater that you put on that has holes in it. And you go outside and it's cold. And you still feel the cold. No, it's a garment that you cover yourself with. So that the elements from the outside cannot penetrate the inside. Mm -hmm. And when you put on that spirit of praise. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. So you start praising in the natural. Mm -hmm. You know, you might not feel like doing anything, but you do it. Because God says to. Mm -hmm. And when you do it, when you put on the garment of praise, all of a sudden there's a spirit of praise. Mm -hmm. It'll rise up in you. It'll edify you. You know, like when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, edifies you, builds you up. So does praise, a spirit of praise. And he gave it to us for the spirit of heaviness. It'll come against that. It's an amazing thing that God does. So we got to put on that garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. You know what that does? It brings thanksgiving. And when you have thanksgiving, a grateful heart, I'll tell you what, you no longer have a bitter heart. Because you're looking at the right things. You no longer have a heart that's injured, but you're fully clothed. Amen? Amen. Fully clothed. A merry heart does what? It does good Good. like a medicine. In closing, in our last few moments, I just want to tell you about someone that I spoke with today. And she received word that after 24 years of employment at her company, that after a certain period of time that she and several other co-workers would be laid off. And this, this could have devastated her. She'd been there a long time. This is who she is, what she does. And what she said to me when we talked on the phone was that God had really prepared her heart. And this is something I want you to look for. I want you to look to God. He says that the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, will also show us things to come. And this is a way that you can prevent some soul injuries, see? Mm -hmm. It's when you're looking to God and he's showing you some things to come. And he begins to prepare your heart. And he began to prepare her heart. And it was a process of time because sometimes he'll give you a little light on something and you go, hmm, know about that. But then he'll show it to you again. You'll go, hmm, okay, what is that? You know, then he'll show it to you again. And she sensed this happening within her. And the process of that, it was a difficult time because she's seeing some things and she's not knowing, is this now? Is it later? When is it? And this was a while back. And so she began to feel frustration. She began to feel anger about some situations. But she kept pressing. She wanted to quit so badly. She wanted to leave. Because, see, there was change in the air. She didn't know what it was that God was preparing her heart. But she looked down on the inside to the Holy Ghost witness. And she did not have a green light to go. And so she stayed. She stayed. Well, let me tell you something. As a result of her staying, she's going to be set up with a really great severance package. Had she been led by her emotions, by her feelings, by her frustration, by her despondency, there was depression, she would have missed out. God has some other things in her heart. I said to her today, behold... He's doing a new thing. It now springs forth. Do you not know it? Do you not perceive it? Will you not give heed to it? He is going to make a way in the wilderness. He's going to make rivers in the desert for you. Who knows what this 
um, package might provide for her. But I know it's good. I know it's good because I know it's God. And so I want to encourage you, you know, to make sure that when you're walking in those places, that you're not led by your emotions, okay? That you're led by the Spirit of God. You don't lean to your own understanding, the Bible says. But in every one of your ways, all your ways, you do what? You acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Last scripture I want to share with you is in Psalms. This is really important, something that you need to do, you can do. Psalms 23. It says this, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in what? Green pastures. He leads me beside the what? Still waters. He does what? He restores my soul. If you need your soul healed, your mind, your will, your emotions, your heart, a broken heart, you need to go to the shepherd. Well, we have a cheap shepherd, chief shepherd, don't we? But we also have an under shepherd, and that's your, your pastor. You need to be in church. You need to be ministered to by your pastor. Because not only does the great shepherd restore your soul, but the office of the pastor will restore your soul. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You've got to find things that comfort you, that bring you strength, that help you in the midnight hour. Praising God, sitting on your bed with your little uh, kitty cat or whatever. A friend of mine told me that recently, that what comforts her so much is her little kitty cat. What comforts you? Be around friends that build you up, that encourage you, that speak the word to you, that believe in you, that pray for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is it well with your soul? Amen. What did the Shudamite lady say in the midst of her son dead? She said, it is well with my soul. And what was the result of her confession and her belief? Her son was raised from the dead. Whatever dead situation you might be facing, I'll tell you what. God is going to raise it up. It just takes one touch from God. Hallelujah.